Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the Women in Wellness 360 show where women are always the mentor in our wellness lives besides ourselves, of course. So I am your host, Lori Carice, and today we have an expert with us, Dashima Gordon, founder of the Flow State Yoga Institute, Bright Future Foundation, and creator of the BFF Gifting Club. And today's topic is how flow state yoga can help PTSD and transform the lives of women and their families. Very important. Thank you and welcome, Dashima. Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I love how you incorporate women and their families because, of course, we're we're kind of the... Uh, as the matriarch, you know, everything, how we feel definitely translates into our families. And um, I know I'm I'm a creature of that. When I feel stressed out, I try not to let that overflow into, you know, the household for my kids. But, um, you know, so that's why I'm very interested in women and wellness and how to always take those pauses and connect with experts like you. So tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> well, that's a long story, but <laughs> in terms of, uh, did you have a specific topic you, that you want me to share? How'd you get in? How'd you start to love yoga? You know, it's interesting, actually. I started, I was introduced to yoga as a young person. My mother and father had both been into it and, and it was, um, you know, we were like a spiritual family, I guess you could say. My mother was into organic food and um, many things back in the 70s and 80s and stuff and then it was interesting though because when I was seven my mother lost her mind and it was from alcohol combined with cocaine and peyote and it was just like the worst possible chemical cocktail that anyway she never got it back and so my sisters and I ended up um, in foster homes and split up and we had this very traumatic early childhood and so it was interesting because you know, I think that everything that we experience in life is always preparing us for our purpose to serve the world in our unique way. And so for me, I was exposed very early to the importance of mental health and also physical health as well. And, you know, during that time when I was in foster homes and stuff, I was like, I went from like this very organic, healthy lifestyle um, with my mother to like eating chicken nuggets and like everything that's just terrible for your gut health. And, and I was also like, cause all the trauma of losing my family, I was like, had a lot of emotional and mental problems. And so anyway, I ended up in like ulcers. I had all this gut problems. I had all this behavior problems, uh, you know, because of all that. So it was interesting. So all of that kind of led me down the path to, um, where I am today. But the early part of my life exposure to it, I think helped because throughout all of that, I was very athletic, which helped me a lot to be active. And and also I did spend time in nature and in meditation and connecting with breath and, and in different ways, integrating the yogic type of practices into my life. And I think that that really helped me in the early years. But it wasn't until my early 20s when I was completely burned out. I had been working two jobs and I just was burning the candle at both ends constantly. And my, um, I didn't realize the effect that it would have, but I ended up with total uh, depression actually from this work-related burnout, fatigue, chronic fatigue situation. And 
it was like a year. I didn't even want to get out of bed when I didn't have to. And so it was an interesting turning point when I was like in my early 20s. I was recently graduated from college. I was like basically a workaholic. And I realized that like pushing myself was part of that trauma wound of like trying to prove that I was enough or something or like perfect or whatever my you know, an intention, but basically it pushed me to the point where I was so exhausted that I became totally burned out. And then I like became depressed and it was like this spiral down. And then I remember I was in bed one day and, you know, the alarm clock is going off. You have to go to work. I didn't want to go. And, and I remember just like thinking, you know, this can't be my life and I have to find a new, a new path. And, and I was doing some soul searching and that was when my soul guided me to do a Google search, which is funny back in, you know, 2004. I don't know if anybody was really searching Google, but I went on there. I searched inner peace. I was looking for some inner peace. I was like super uh, stressed out and depressed and everything. And I ended up being led to a yoga teacher training and I went to this training. I didn't go initially to become a yoga teacher, but I actually went to heal myself because I remembered that yoga was always this one thing that brought me a lot of joy and brought me peace and, and healed me every time. I never thought of it as a career path. But anyway, when I went into the program, it changed my life so completely. Just in a few weeks, I like my depression was gone. My my life was I was joyous again. I had my life back. And and it was just so miraculous that I just started like sharing and sharing. And and one of my clients actually early on um, was a marketing expert. So he got me um, launched on YouTube very early. I was one of the first channels on YouTube in 2006. And I didn't even know anything about YouTube, but like my videos, some of my videos went viral early on. And I started like this huge trend called the 30 day yoga challenge that ended up reaching millions of people. And that's kind of like how the early path started where I was just really passionate about helping people with the medicine that, that this path can offer. And, and I ended up being able to do that through the media a lot. I love how your search led to a lifestyle. Left, <laughs> led to an entire lifestyle change. I, I did something, I want to get to your topic specifically, but just to kind of interject, I was started thinking about a similar process for me. I was um, researching holding retreats. This was um, pre-pandemic and it led me to a property really close to me. And I reached out to them and were like, oh, there's some alignment alignment here. So before you start doing your own retreats, we want to introduce you to invite you to a signature retreat of our own. Maybe you can take some of that content and create your own. Um, there was a hike one day. I'm not much of a hiker. And because I opted out of the hike, I chose to do Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. And I also did a sound bath. And I'm like, I had this incredible harmony with both that yeah. led me to exploring, you know, continuing, first of all, with Tai Chi and also exploring more about sound baths and maybe like, why do I like this so much? You know, it's, it's really that, yeah, I mean, these different sounds bring out different emotions and calming. It led me to actually taking a course to be a sound bath pr practitioner. Yeah. So I'm actually like certified, even though I don't use it. 
it just helped me um, have a better relationship with it and a deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of like my go-to in stressful moments, my bowls. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I love to see that. I see it now more and more like sound healing. I think that the, the nice thing that it's teaching people, because I'm, I'm such a advocate for sound healing, is that everything is frequency. And the nice thing is when you get the sound bowls going, it attunes you to whatever frequency that your bowl is, right? So if the bowl is, you know, 432, you know, so there's different like energy vibrational frequencies on the spectrum. And so you can actually bring yourself into different states. And with my school, Flow State Institute, you know, actually flow state is a is a vibration. It's an actual, like out of all those, you know, 432 is a baseline for sound healing, but I think flow states in the 963 range. So it's a very high vibration. So it's like when you're in flow, it's when like you're in joy and you're in just like this euphoria of like things are downloading, you're getting ideas, creativity is there, like flow, flow is an energy, very high vibration, like connected to like bliss and joy, like in that same, maybe happiness, bliss and joy in that same realm, you know? And so as a teacher of flow and um, yoga for all these years, uh, we incorporate sound healing as well as breath work and meditation and different types of movement, including Tai Chi and Qigong, as well as different yoga and kriyas and different practices, because all of these really interesting techniques, we could call them, whether it's Tai Chi or breath work or whatever you, there's different techniques that help you to access these different states. And then when you combine it with the frequency of sound healing, it just attunes you there even faster, right? So then let's say you have sound healing bowls going or you can just play an audio like they actually have it on spotify or like youtube you can play um frequency music and i like to use like my earbuds and then i'll just put the frequency beats in and you know and then while you're doing your tai chi or while you're doing your yoga practice or cooking or like taking care of your kid or whatever that your vibration is attuning to that frequency and then if you combine that with like meditation or breath work or affirmations or journaling or whatever your technique that you're working with then you can attune yourself to a certain frequency. And that's just like you described it as harmonic. It's harmonizing you with nature and with the energy that you want to be. And so if you've been in a lower energy, like tired, fatigued, exhausted, depressed, angry, upset, triggered, whatever vibration happened to come up, that you can recalibrate yourself to this higher vibration with these types of techniques. I am so glad that I mentioned that because I just got even a better understanding of all this. Um, so let's go to your topic about PTSD then. So how how is this all interconnected as a relationship of healing? You know, PTSD is so misunderstood, I think, because I really believe that most people have some level of PTSD, but there's actually a whole spectrum of like defining what level you have. Like if you were a type of person that had, like I had extreme levels of PTSD. So like, for example, losing my mother um, when I was young, that was part of like the beginning of it. But then I lost my virginity to rape. That was like probably the worst trauma, you know, that stayed with me for the longest Um, Because what happens is when you have trauma, like deep trauma, it stays in you as a vibration and as a memory. And the worst part is usually you replay the memory. And so instead of experiencing it one time, you experience it however many times you've thought about it since the thing. So it could have been like now you've 
actually re-experienced this trauma a million times because you've went over it in your mind and your mind doesn't know the difference between it's in the mind and we're having a memory and it's physically as long as you're feeling it that it's happening again and so your body whatever the trauma it could have been something simple like children have little micro traumas all the time like they didn't get what they wanted and then so it started to develop a belief that they can't get what they want in life or um they were told to be quiet too much and so they held a belief now the trauma of that is that their voice doesn't matter right and so these tiny micro traumas whether it's when you're a child or as an adult or anywhere along that journey or even in past lives that they they start to sit within our cellular memory we'll call it your dna the code of who you are and it carries a vibration trauma is a very low vibration it's a very it's on the same spectrum of like anger it's like this very discomfortable, uncomfortable, like a vibration, like anxiety. It's in that same energy where I like to like, if you think about my hand, if you look at my hand, it's like, see how my hand is like shaking. This is the energy of what trauma feels like. It feels unsafe. It feels unstable. It feels, you know, like that fight or flight energy. And it comes from the ancient times when we were like cavemen. And in our primal brain, we actually developed this in the cerebral cortex, this um, actually a survival mechanism, which is like back then it was like a tiger might come to the cave and kill us. So we developed this feeling of like, okay, we got to be on guard in case the tiger kill, you know, comes along, we got to run. And, but nowadays we don't have a tiger coming to kill us, but we have the same energy and it's gets stuck inside of our, our of our dna or our cells and our consciousness and our memory and our emotional body carries this energy and this feeling of not being safe and this feeling of uh not feeling secure or not having enough or not being like that your voice matters or whatever the thing whatever the trauma was and then we carry that our whole life until we release it and it's just like you know, I like to think about it like this. It's like, if you, let's say you drink a bunch of water and you need to pee, right? But you just can't find anywhere to go. So you just hold it, hold it. After a while, it becomes like really uncomfortable. It becomes like painful, right? So it's like, you think about life like that. We're carrying some kind of crazy trauma from however long ago. And it's affecting how we relate to everything in life. It affects like how short your fuse is when people are doing things and it starts to bother you very quickly or like you're easily triggered or, you know, people that get road rage usually or can't control their temper or maybe they don't speak up for themselves that's another trauma response is not speaking up because maybe it, like I said as a child you were told your voice shouldn't be heard you need to be quiet all the time so all these little micro traumas or even big traumas we carry with us into our adult life and with yoga what we do is we look at that we become mindful of where is the root of our behavior coming from and then how can we you know, reprogram those consciousness, like that energy around it to feel safe, to feel not only that it's okay to be heard, but that your voice matters instead of the opposite, which is you need to be quiet or, you know, any number of different, you know, scenarios. But basically it's the process of becoming aware to being the observer of your situation and then really taking a deep look at how these inner programs affect 
how you show up in your life, in your relationship to others, relationship to yourself, and your relationship to life in general. And then from there, from an awakened conscious perspective, taking responsibility to heal those aspects so that you can be your best self and live in the flow state. So that's kind of like our mission at at the Flow State Institute. Wow. So, I mean, yoga, I mean, is to get centered with yourself. So it, it kind of helps center those emotions so you can push out or identify or just balance those other emotions as far as trauma. Which other emotions you mean? Like- and, and no, so I mean, yoga is like settling in and tuning into your core. So in as to the relationship with PTSD, I mean, are you saying like, so how do you avoid those triggers or you can't avoid them? Just do you use these techniques in order to cope? Well, it's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's not a coping mechanism. It's an actual, so the word yoga literally translates to mean to yoke or to make whole. So the idea that, and I loved how you started with the sound healing because it's very like aligned with what we're talking about. So when you do sound healing or you do breath work or you do meditation or do any of the yoga practices that you are essentially attuning your vibration to a higher vibration. So if you were in a state of, you know, trigger, whatever you want to call it, anger, whatever, and then you want to get out of that, right? How do you get out of that? Well, you have to have a little practice that gets you out of that. I mean, some people are just like, get, ne- never go into it. But if you do get into that state where you're triggered by whatever life has brought to you, you have, it's really helpful to have practices that help you get out of it. So there are different ones. I wouldn't call it coping at all, because it's not about coping. It's actually about uh, releasing it. it. It's about healing it. It's about becoming whole. And that wholeness, which is the yoga, the oneness is the feeling that those triggers are here to help us heal. So it's to acknowledge that and to appreciate the triggers, but to have the mastery to stop when you're triggered, take your 10 breaths, recenter, like you're saying, and then come back from a higher space higher state to be able to approach whatever happened with consciousness and love. So for example, I'll give you an example. My sister, she, she's easily triggered about everything. Well, the reason, and I can have compassion is because like I said, we had a traumatic childhood. And then on top of that, she had several abusive relationships after that. So I know where her pain comes from, but like, it's still a thing, right? So we're having a conversation and I'm just giving her some ideas about how she can heal her knee pain and she gets triggered like about everything. And then all of a sudden, so instead of me being like, listen, I'm not going to even bother talking to you. Bye. Like, you know, that could be the very short, unkind response. But instead, first step is like compassion. I'm like, okay, I know where she comes from is this history of trauma so I have to have deeper level of patience with that and then deep breath so I I, breathe, I take a few breaths and I, I just come from a space of what energy do I want to portray in this moment or embody in this moment and for me I wanted to be uh, able to help her because she's having knee pain so I was like okay so I see she's getting triggered because I told her if she did these leg extensions it would help and her thought is I don't have time for anything and so you know when you're interacting with people and they're coming from this very short very curt very like not open space and if you're giving them suggestions if they're asking your help 
you know, to step back and to have these practices of the deep breath, to have the practices of, okay, I'm good no matter what this other person's energy is, right? If they're triggered, if they're uh, not in a good space. And then also another aspect of the practice is actually self-love and boundaries and being like, you know what, this person is always triggered. This person doesn't know how to interact with a good conversation so like limiting your exposure to those types of people is also part of the practice in my opinion because our job as individuals as women is to maintain our vibration is to try to keep yourself in the best state in the best emotional and mental energy because you have so many things on your plate all the time women are like superheroes they always have like a thousand things to do every second especially if you have children you know my sister just had a baby like she hasn't slept in a year so (laughs) I have this experience of like I'm like literally witnessing this motherhood energy and I'm like wow women are totally underappreciated for the amount that they give and do in terms of being a mother and on top of that the home and the work and all the things and it's just unbelievable how unspoken this is in in society and I'm just like I want to honor that because even though I don't have any children I have a little puppy but like I want to have a child one day but this idea that you can do it all and people just expect moms to do everything but it's too much sometimes so also just being able to give yourself that five minutes with your sound healing and your breath practice and getting centered and doing your yoga or your tai chi whatever brings you into your good space into your better energy so that your cup is full so you can better you know just hold space for everything that's constantly being put on your plate you know during the pandemic i mean i i felt especially like that was a a pause and reset professionally and uh, personally, because you kind of, you know, you started seeing some behaviors and, you know, politics were a bit crazy and you had to just kind of reset to stay focused and get through the pandemic that we we're living through. So that's what I even call any of my, you know, when you rattle my cage a little bit or I'm frustrated, I have like a little reset and, you know, I can take, I can do some deep breathing, like, you know, three or four deep breaths, but I have to tell you, I've never been able to get into breath work. And I know some people just like swear on that, like that is one of their practices to really help reset is breath work. I don't know why, but even like, um, Tai Chi and I did do a couple of Qigong classes and that the patterns I'm like, why am I resisting this so much? What's, (laughs) what's making me like not do this? I'm not embracing it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a good question. And it actually came up with because I've been teaching for 18 years. And I came up with a solution for people like you, because you are not, (laughs) you are not alone. And in fact, you are the common way because most people have that, that kind of relationship to this, everything, right? It's like, it's a new thing. And if you don't get super into it, it's just like a burden to try to like fit that into your life. And you're like, okay, is this important enough for me to like get so out of my comfort zone that I'm going to try to create a habit around something that I don't actually really get into yet? So I created a solution. I'll show you. Basically, it's these little bracelets. Actually, it's called, I'm calling these BFF bracelets because um, my my foundation is Bright Future Foundation. And our mission is to bring um, health and wellness through meditation and yoga and breathwork to children in the school systems because there's this huge crisis with children. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, a mental health crisis and school teachers. Oh, I know that. I Going into the pandemic, my daughter was in third grade and 
thriving and returned to school fifth grade. And I don't want to use the word effed up, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I mean, that that age group really struggled with going back to school. And there was at least a year of pulling through it and a lot of difficulty at home for sure. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, and, and so you know, go, yeah. You know firsthand. And, yeah. and to me, I actually started this crusade, you know, when 18 years ago, I was teaching kids yoga. Um, actually, I developed the first kids and family yoga DVD. It was in Target and all, all over the all the stores and everything 18 years ago. And it was because of my childhood trauma. And I was like, okay, kids need meditation and yoga, and they need these centering practices on how to manage their mind and their emotions. And I think people underestimate how children can actually really catch the like catch on and they enjoy enjoy doing these practices when they know what to do. So anyway, it's really proven. And now we already have the programs in over 10,000 schools, but we there's over 100,000 schools just in the US. So we have a long way to go, but we want to get these programs into the schools because it helps not only the children, but the teachers and the families. Everybody benefits when the children are not all suicidal and depressed and having anxiety and ADHD. These things were not prevalent to the level they are right now ever before in history. And this is a, a flaw in our system because we're not teaching them how to handle life. And on top of that, we're giving them even more trauma with like pandemics and like social media and all of the things that compound to affect the mental health of our children. And that's the future. So that's why I created the initiative it's called Children of the Future, because I really believe, you know, the song, I believe the children are our future. Like I sang that my whole life, but I always feel like that's so important. And so many times the children are kind of marginalized because they don't pay taxes and then they don't vote. So they're like, okay, they're important, but not that much. Cause you know, it's like they kind of brush them under the rug a lot. And I've seen this time and again, you know, like gun policy became the important thing when the school shootings was about mental health more than gun policy. And nobody would go grab a gun and kill their friends if they were mentally well even if the gun was sitting in front of them. So like, I don't really think the shootings and stuff is a gun issue as much as it is a mental health issue. And so I'm super passionate about this. So anyway, we have this huge mission and um, my foundation, we started this really cool thing and it's good for people like you and for kids because it's these little bracelets. I call these BFF bracelets because uh, BFF is Bright Future Foundation. But when I was a kid and probably you had this as well, like, do you remember those little BFF um, necklaces and it would have like a heart and you would give half of it to your yeah, friend? the charms. So yeah, so this is like a different version because this has intention of the breathing meditation, but it, our brand is BFF. So it, it says BFF on the little pendant. But anyway, we have different colors, like we have uh, rose cords, uh, pink one, and we have this other one for boys. But basically, it's a really simple meditation. And all you do is with one finger, you hold the bead. And with each bead, you do a breath. But it's not just like you know, you don't have to get into a complicated breathing pattern, but a really nice one that I like to do is to just breathe deeply through your nose all the way to your belly. So it's just, and then you could even expand it to your heart. And then as you exhale, slow exhale. So this is a simple breathing pattern. 
Uh, we call this ujjayi breathing or belly breathing, but it actually scientifically helps to calm the nervous system and helps with anxiety and different types of emotional disturbances. And it's been proven by science. So it's super simple, but if you just do one bracelet has 16 beads, right? You just do 16 breaths or you could just do 10. I mean, it doesn't have to do the whole bracelet, but if you get into the habit, you could do one whole round, 16 breaths once or twice a day, And literally, it sounds so simple, but this can change your life because it's that pause, like you were saying, it's that centering and you don't need to be in a yoga class or on a yoga mat to do it. You can do it with a simple 10, 16 breaths and you can do it anywhere. And we also, we also came up with this idea of including this special oil. It's called blue lotus oil and this blue lotus oil. It's, it was from ancient Egypt and it's a, it actually helps to induce euphoria and bliss. So it helps your energy to feel better as well when you do the oil. And so we have this little ritual where you just take the oil and you just rub your hands together. You can put it in your hair. Even it's really nourishing for your skin as well. And then you do your 16 breaths a couple times a day. And this is a really nice little ritual that we have developed that we're getting ready to release this pretty soon at brightfuture.org. But uh, a way to help people to get into a daily practice. It's simple. It's doable even for kids and for adults. Oh, I love that. And they're very cute. So it can be a nice little trend. <laughs> yeah, like a little gift, you know, like it's like, how do you help yeah. people? You know, you always want to help people. You want to give them something, but it's like, okay, you give them what, like a new shirt, you know what I mean? Like whatever, yeah. but it's like, give them something that's like, I call this the gift that keeps on giving because right. it's best practices going to bring them wellness. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Um, So for our podcast listeners, of course, I'm going to be able to include links in show notes for radio only less listeners. What's the best way to connect with you? So at brightfuture.org, that's the foundation website. And also on my social media, you can find me anywhere. I have YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, every single platform, Twitter, LinkedIn. It's Dashama, D-A-S-H-A-M-A. That's my name. You can reach out anytime. And um, yeah, we have also at the Flow State Institute, flowstate.org or flowstate.yoga is our website, flowstate.yoga. That's where we have all the information about our yoga teacher trainings and our programs. Dashima, thank you so much for being here today. You know, I, I kind of did, um, you know, I, this, this is definitely about women and wellness and best practices, but you truly are a mentor and you're, you're mentoring. What I love is best practices in helping our youth. And that's very important to me. I have teenage girls, preteen, I have 12 and 15 year old. And so many of the topics we talked about and, you know, trauma is something, of course, I always think about my daughter is going in the 10th grade and I'm starting to think about, you know, you, you, you mentioned what happened to you. And I, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about the sexual assault and, um, you know, my daughter's entering 10th grade. And I remember when I was in 10th grade, that's when you start going to home parties and stuff. So I have had those conversations with her, uh, you know about being aware. I mean, not, not everything can be prevented, but you know, you certainly do what you can. So knowing how much you are working with children and and that means so much because I'm almost lost with that. You know, I, I'm a different generation. It's like, I didn't grow up with social media influence and 
just their behaviors are so different. So knowing that there are women like you empowering other women and also focusing on our younger generation, I'm grateful. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. And I'm so happy to hear that. And also it's what inspired me to do it because I realized there's not that many people doing it and like they need it. It makes me so upset to think that there's all these kids that need help. And there's just like not that many people taking the initiative to really bring the solutions and and it's not rocket science. I mean, the nice thing is there's a lot of research to show that these practices are like the leading solutions for all these different conditions that the children are facing. Like you described, coming out of the pandemic is another layer to the depth of what's happening to children. But it was already pretty bad even before the pandemic, actually. I remember in um, Florida, they had the Parkland school shooting really near to my home where I was living at the time. And, you know, it's just like been ongoing. I think the pandemic made it much worse for me it made it like a a deep mission (laughs) versus like oh someone needs to do something about that I was like oh my goodness I can't stand to think that these kids are coming to school and shooting each other and that that's just like oh it's a gun policy issue it's it's so much deeper than that and we have solutions and so we're really happy to be able to serve in that way well thank you so much again for being my guest today thank you so happy to meet you and you've been listening to women in wellness 360